Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And we're glad that you've joined us for this edition of News in Focus. Uh, We're going to be talking about the ongoing saga with the FBI as President uh, Trump's residence was raided by the FBI, and we have seen a lot of controversial action by the FBI over the last few years. And now more and more voices of our fellow Americans are rising across the country. In fact, uh, members from within the FBI, whistleblowers, that's agents, people that work inside the confines of that building, are going over to members of Congress, and they're going to the party that's in the minority right now. They're going to Republicans in the Senate and in the House, and they are blowing the whistle on really foul and criminal activity that they see, and they're reporting on it, and there is absolutely fallout that's going on. I'm reading to you from CBS News. This is exactly not a news agency, a main line news agency that wasn't a friend of President Trump. And by the way, this isn't really about President Trump, although he's heavily implicated here. This is about our freedoms. This is about having a Justice Department that has the balances of the scale of liberty and justice. Not an imbalance, not two forms of justice, one for them and one for us. And, folks, that's why we're taking time to really deal with this. And, no, we're not afraid of the FBI. You know, you shouldn't be afraid of your government. You know, that's where tyranny begins. If you fear them, then that's tyranny. And so, you look, as a patriot pastor and as the leader of the Ohio Christian Alliance, and joining me on the phone is a, a fellow board member and also a patriot pastor, Pastor Al Davis of Live with Pastor Al, on this same same station. We're going to be talking about this, and we're going to be reading to you information, and then we're going to listen to an interview by Victor David Hansen. And I want you to listen very carefully to that interview that's going to come up in a few minutes, because uh, this author and historian and a well-respected, you know, uh, contributor, Victor David Hansen, uh, is going to basically lay out why the FBI at this point needs to be dismantled. Now, I know that may sound strong to you, but we have other policing agencies in this country that can actually absolutely pick up the load of what the FBI is doing over the years. But it has become so corrupt and systemically corrupt throughout its system, it must be dismantled. You cannot have a politically militarized FBI and still retain our freedoms and have the kind of justice system that we in America have long enjoyed. I want to read to you this article from CBS News. Top-level FBI agent under fire for role in the Hunter Biden investigation resigns. This has just uh, broken the last 24 hours. Timothy Timbalt, uh, Tybalt, a top-level FBI agent who had been under fire for his role in investigations regarding President Biden's son, Hunter Biden, resigned late last week and was walked out of the FBI by two U.S. officials, and that has been confirmed. This is CBS News reporting. But these officials also said that Timothy uh, Tybalt had reached retirement age. Uh, That's interesting. We're going to talk about this. And they added that all of those who retire hand over their badge and gun and are escorted off the building, out of the building. Tybalt, who worked in the FBI headquarters in Washington, D.C., had recently been removed from his position as assistant special agent 
in charge at the FBI's Washington field office, which covers all of the District of Columbia and Northern Virginia. Tybalt came under fire earlier this year from the Republican Senator Chuck Grassley of Iowa, who uh, accused him of improper conduct in the Hunter Biden investigation, alleging that Tybalt had tried to shut down any investigatorial activity. The probe into Hunter Biden's business practices run by the U.S. Attorney's Office in Delaware is ongoing. The article goes on to say, Grassley said in, in late July that a highly credible whistleblower had approached a senior Senate Republican and alleged a widespread effort within the FBI to downplay or discredit negative information about Hunter Biden he cited the 2020 FBI intelligence assessment that was used by an FBI headquarters team to improperly discredit negative Hunter Biden information as disinformation. He continued based on allegations, verified and variable derogatory information on Hunter Biden was falsely labeled as disinformation. So we have a prejudiced, uh, compromised FBI agent that has been fired for all intents purposes, and we're going to get to that. Pastor Al, you have some information that sheds more light. This is CBS News. This is kind of soft-walking this with this gentleman being escorted out of the building. Tell us a little bit more what you've been reading. Well, thanks, Chris. I'm glad to be able to be with you today. When we're looking at what's going on here, this is absolutely unprecedented, as many people have been talking about. This has never happened, and you know, I just cannot help but remember when. Hillary Clinton, who was the Secretary of State, you know, had uh, thousands of classified documents on an unsecured server, sending emails from an unsecured uh, server back and forth, classified emails. And the FBI, remember, uh, Comey said, well, no reasonable prosecutor would, would take this case. And now we have this seeming effort to implicate uh, President Trump as somehow uh, spilling nation, the nation's secrets or trading them with uh, uh, our enemies in some fashion. And then there's a lot more to it, as you pointed out, with this uh, uh, FBI uh, agent uh, being uh, either forced into retirement or fired and walked out of the building. But I was reading an article on Breitbart.com, and they were mentioning about Cash Patel, who, of course, worked in the Trump administration, and uh, he was uh, in an interview last Saturday uh, talking about how they had uh, uh, been targeted, apparently, because the Russia Gate investigator that got stroke fired and all uh, is, is, well, Cash Patel. And uh, he is implicated in this affidavit that's heavily redacted although his name is featured there in an unredacted form. And uh, the idea is that this was more than just uh, going in, looking around, but they were trying to seek information that uh, perhaps were in these documents, uh, some things related to Russiagate, things related to the Hunter Biden laptop uh, situation, and so that they could uh, remove some of these or throw them into evidence in an ongoing investigation so that they couldn't be released to the public. There's been an effort to release some of them, but uh, I think we're just scratching the surface of some of the things that we're finding out here. 
Well, let me read from the New York, uh, excuse me, the Washington Times on the same story about this FBI agent, because I believe this is a really big story about him actually resigning or being fired. And we're going to get to the bottom of it because members of Congress are beginning to call out and really raise their voices and demand that the FBI uh, turn over evidence. Remember, folks, the FBI is beholden to we the people and through our representative form of government, our Congress. And Congress actually sets their budget. Uh, this is not an independent agency. It's not a constitutionally designed agency. It can be shut down at any time. It's a bureaucracy that was a creation of government. And now that it's become corrupt and has actually become a rogue agency, I agree with Victor David Hansen. I think it's it, you can't reform it. You have to dismantle it. But let me read this to you from uh, the Washington Times about that same story of that FBI agent, uh, Tybo. Uh, the senior FBI official in the Bureau's Washington field office has abruptly resigned after coming under congressional scrutiny for suspected political bias. Now, see, they see it right up front. The purpose was suspected political bias in handling the investigation of Hunter Biden's laptop computer. This is the Washington Times. The Washington Times learned that Timothy Tybold, an assistant special agent in charge, was forced to leave his post. The information came from two former FBI officials familiar with the situation. Mr. Tybold has been exiting the Bureau's elevator on Friday, or seen uh, exiting the elevator on Friday. He was escorted by two or three headquarters looking types. Now, again, this is an eyewitness report as of last Friday. But that when this all came out, uh, President Trump uh, basically made a major statement yesterday, and let me read it to you. Uh, this wasn't a Twitter uh, uh, tweet. This is basically on Truth, um, on the Truth platform. This is President Donald Trump. This is what he said in relation to this. So now it comes out conclusively that the FBI buried the Hunter Biden laptop top story before the election knowing that if they didn't, Trump would have easily won the 2020 presidential election. This is massive fraud and election interference at a level never seen before in our country. Remedy, declare the rightful winner or, and this would be the minimal solution, declare the 2020 election improbable, or excuse me, irreparable and compromised and have a new election immediately. This was yesterday, Monday, August 29th. Uh, President, uh, former President Trump, put that out. Pastor Al, your thoughts? Well, I, you know, I look at that, and this is we're in unprecedented territory because if the election were declared, uh, uh, you know, to somehow be corrupted and has to be redone, uh, who then becomes the acting president during that time? And uh, that uh, that brings up some serious questions as well, but. But it does underlie the magnitude of what we're talking about here. Um, we have the chief law enforcement agency of the federal government, the FBI, has become weaponized like it's a third world secret police organization going after the political enemies of those in power. And uh, whether or not we have a new election uh, right away or just simply maintain until uh, the the next presidential election. The fact of the matter is, like we were talking about, the FBI has become so corrupt that something needs to be done investigating and and uh, reorganizing at the very least. But I do agree, this is an agency that could be done away with. 
Many of its functions could be transferred to the Secret Service, to the U.S. Marshal Service, and uh, other agencies, or uh, in some other fashion. But uh, you're right. This is this is very important, and we're going to be faced with some very, very uh, tough decisions as a nation here in coming weeks and months, aren't we? We are indeed. Great thoughts there, Pastor Al. We're going to go now to that interview with Victor David Hansen with the Epoch Times. This was about 10 days ago, and I want you to listen very carefully. It's about nine minutes long, but it's very important that you listen carefully to the suggestion and the proposal that Victor David Hansen is stating about the FBI and what must be done at this time. Well, the FBI's narrative on the conservative side is something like this. There is a toxic hierarchy of careerists that run the FBI and they rotate in and out of the FBI and they go into private enterprise and they condition or massage their ideology to fit their own career trajectories. So they want to be on a corporate board or they want to be a lobbyist or they want to be a lawyer and they get great jobs and, the, and they want to be loved by the media. If you're Andrew McCabe you want to be on MSNBC as an analyst. If you're James Comey, that kind of stuff. But they don't represent the rank and file because we all, like you, know them and we love them. Yes, sort of. But my problem with that is who were the people down there in Michigan that were hiring FBI informants to egg on a bunch of nuts to kidnap the, the governor of Michigan? Who, who was Peter Strzok? Who was Lisa Page? Who was who Kevin Kleinsmith? I mean, he was a lowly lawyer, right? That felt that he could just doctor, doctor with impunity a federal FISA application. So when I, when I look at these people that do these things, who were the people that, you know, I mean, they sent Peter Strzok over to interview Flynn, ha, ha, ha. So I don't believe it's just the hierarchy. I believe the hierarchy has permeated its values all the way through the FBI. And there's wonderful people there, but they understand that they're not going to be promoted or recognized unless they tow the, a particular line. So yeah, I'm worried about it. And so do we have a lot of investigatory intelligence police bureaus? Yeah, so why not break it up? So we could take all of those who are worried about entrance of foreign agents, perhaps, terrorism or undercover espionage thing, and we can give them to Homeland Security. There's a lot of FBI people that go after counterfeiting or currency violation. Give them the Department of Treasury. We have a lot of them who deal with, uh, they work with the Pentagon, put a division with the Pentagon, and just take the entire agency and disperse it throughout the federal government and then take that building and let other people use it in Washington. But this idea, a federal bureau of investment, you have too much power and its record is too dangerous to democracy. The left always says democracy dies in darkness. This, is, this thing is, right now at this moment, the FBI is one of the great threats to democracy. And what do I mean by that? It's, it's, a, it's a terrible thing to say, but think of what I'm saying. Do they intervene in elections? Yes. They hired a foreign national spy who illegally was working. You can't do that if you're a foreigner work for a campaign. He was basically being paid by Hillary Clinton, GPS, DNC paywalls. 
Perkins Coie. They hired him. They tried to spread a dossier. They ruined the life of Carter Page. They went after Papadopoulos. They tried to destroy Michael Flynn. They, their leaders, when asked to explain what was going on, lied. Andrew McKay lied to federal investigators. James Comey pled amnesia. He broke the law and he uh, disseminated confidential memos. So what I'm getting at is they tried to affect that election. The next election, in 2020, they tried to affect it. They had a laptop. The person said, this laptop was given to me by Hunter Biden. I looked at it, I think it's pretty serious. He made a copy of some of the materials on it. They gave it to the FBI. The FBI had it in its possession, said we're not gonna talk about it. But when 50 intelligence officers did wanna talk about it, on no basis and said, looks to us like Russian disinformation. They were, and they were asked, well, you have the laptop, can you come? No, they were affecting an election because after the election was over and the narrative changed and that Joe Biden suddenly by 2022 was a liability, guess what? Stuff started to come out about the laptop. We started to get leaks about it and that could come from the FBI. And the FBI went after, as I said earlier, Roger Stone or James O'Keefe. They don't do that with left-wing. So they interfere in elections. Do the directors lie? Yes, I just mentioned two of them. They lie. Do the directors, uh, they lie under oath. Mueller lied when he said he didn't know what Fusion GPS or the Steele dossier. Uh, McCabe admitted he lied four times. Comey basically lied when 200, if I said to the IRS, they came here and said, Mr. Hansen, we can't find $20,000 uh, uh, of the write-offs you took. Where are they? And I'd say, I can't remember. You know, I'm not gonna address that. Well, do you have, a, uh, do you have any records? I can't remember. Oh, that, that's lying. And that's what Comey did. And uh, so my point is that do they have people that destroy evidence? Yes, Kleinsmith did, Comey, uh, oh, Mueller did. I mean, they asked for FBI phones, critical, they erased them. So when you have an agency that has gone rogue and is interfering at the highest level of the country to affect an election, and they are willing, the directors of those agencies are willing to uh, alter or leak documents that they shouldn't, or lie under oath to a federal investigators, or lie to a committee that they, by claiming amnesia, and they oversee a bureau that will wipe clean uh, phone records that are under subpoena, or they will not prosecute one person, but they will another, then it's, it's institutionalized. And you've gotta get rid of it. I think you do. This idea that once you have a bureau, you can, you, you'll always have it, I don't understand that. So ironic because we're all in this era of, we're not J. Edgar Hoover, but J. Over, we think that J. Edgar Hoover uh, polluted the wonderful idea of the FBI. It may have been all along that the FBI's pernicious idea polluted J. Edgar Hoover. That is, in a democracy, in a constitutional republic, do you really want a national federal police force, a Stasi-like a Gestapo? There's no need for it. We have a federal system, the states have it, and we have 
cabinet bureaus that are equipped to go across state lines for matters of immigration or terrorism or currency in Treasury and Homeland Security, except the DOJ. We can do that. But we don't need this massive behemoth that is out of control. You can really see it when you look at the directors. What was the one common uh, denominator in the last four during their testimony? When they had Mueller come in and they asked him about the Steele dossier, he went like, I don't know. You don't know? <laughs> that was your entire 22 months and 40 million budget. It was based on the dossier and the GPS information. I don't know. And they let him off. And then when they had Comey, he said, I can't remember. And then when he went to a private group to push his book, he could remember very well because he said, let me tell you how we got Mike Flynn. You know, we just kind of walked in there. They usually want to check. They didn't check. So I said, send him in. And we got the guy. And I said, what were you looking at? We were looking for the Logan Act violation. Logan Acts have never been prosecuted. And so, and then you look at McCabe and you know, did you say that? Yeah, I, I, I misled this. I, I did, didn't tell the truth. I shouldn't have done that. I didn't. And Ray, I'm not going to. What do you think of the way? I wouldn't use that word Russian collusion hoax. I wouldn't use the word hoax. I wouldn't use this about the bar. I wouldn't say this. You know, I have an appointment and I got to get out of here. Grassley says, well, we gave you a, <laughs> a Gulfstream luxury jet. Can't you give us 10 more minutes? No, he couldn't. He had to go to his vacation home. So they are completely out of control, completely. Probably had the FBI knocking on this door by the end of the interview. I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. And that was Victor David Hansen, and uh, that was powerful, Pastor Hal. And I agree with his assessment that the FBI is corrupt systemically from the top to the bottom. I'm sorry, a lot of these field agents uh, across the country, like in Florida and in Michigan and elsewhere, uh, this is where you have a real problem. So I, this Timothy Tybalt, this, uh, he's a 25-year veteran, and according to this article that I'm reading here, it says basically he obstructed the FBI's own investigation in the Hunter Biden laptop affair. Uh, Pastor Al, your thoughts? Well, yeah, I think, uh, and again, looking at that interview that we just listened to, it the the problem appears to be a an institutional problem more than just a few people at the top. It, it has permeated the FBI to such an extent that, uh, yeah, I mean, think I think when you look at it, you have to ask the question: Is it redeemable? And I do think that this uh, this agent Tybald is a symptom. Uh, you know, of the rot that is in that institution right now. Uh, we're talking about the FBI. We're talking about there's going to be uh, hearings and investigations into the Federal Bureau of Inst Investigation itself, folks. We need to get our freedom back in a justice system that is justice for all. You're listening to News and Focus, a broadcast of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Visit our website at ohioca.org. Thank you, Pastor Al, for joining me today. And we, as always, we encourage people to pray and intercede for this great country. Stay tuned. We're going to be listening to Bill Fetter, and he's going to be giving us a historical perspective of gangland politics. Our border to the South has had over a century of it. We don't want that coming to America. Pray for this great country. God bless you.
Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. And the soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy and the Allied liberation of Europe. On D-Day, all those warriors set out on their mission. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt led our nation in prayer. The D-Day Prayer Project is an effort to add FDR's D-Day Prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. This wonderful historical presidential prayer will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans. If you'd like to make a contribution towards the effort of adding this prayer to the memorial, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. In the Army National Guard, soldiers serve part-time and close to home. My community means everything to me. It helps shape me into who I am today and is where I choose to raise my own family. That's why I joined the Army National Guard. I'm proud of where I'm from. And as a soldier, I get to give back to the people that helped me succeed. The education benefits I got from serving helped me get my degree and jumpstart my career. The training and leadership skills I've gained from the Army National Guard help me every day when I teach young people, help my neighbors, and look out for my community. I know that when my neighbors need us the most, my fellow soldiers and I will be ready. My family loves it here, and my part-time service means we get to stay here. Serve part-time in the community you live in as a proud member of the Army National Guard. Talk to your local recruiter or visit NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. The following is a previously aired broadcast. Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. Uh, Each week we come to you at this time to bring you relevant news and information of the news that's happening uh, in our world, and of course, from a biblical perspective, uh, we break that uh, news item down for you. Of course, the big news over the last few weeks, of course, was the unprecedented raid on Pres- former President Trump's residence in Mar-a-Lago, Florida, by the FBI. At that time, we told you that the Ohio Christian Alliance and at least one other group in Ohio, a policy group, uh, put out a statement concerning drawing attention to that. In our statement, uh, which you can still find on our website, uh, included a lot of statements from notable people from across the political spectrum, both uh, conservative, liberal, and uh, libertarians. Uh, this is a concern for all Americans. And at this point, I think the FBI is looking like a very aggressive political uh, operative of the Democratic Party. And, of course, that is the party in power right now because they control both the House, the Senate, and the presidency. In fact, reading on Epoch Time News, uh, this was breaking uh, this, this day. Uh, Biden administration asked National Archives to let FBI access boxes from the Mar-a-Lago letter. So this is in a letter. Uh, folks, look, you can't have administrations going after former administrations. We've had terrible examples through history. On, with us on the phone is our good friend Bill Fetter. And before we get to our 
d- discussion about gangster politics, because unfortunately that's what we see happening play out in what we knew as the American Republic, but it's looking more and more uh, like the remnants of uh, what we've seen in other cultures. But only you and I can fight uh, to save America, and that is with the knowledge of power. And that's what we do here on News and Focus. Uh, we do want to let you know about the D-Day prayer is underway in Washington, D.C., the construction that is. It will be dedicated later this year in November. We are planning an event in November, in fact, on uh, Veterans Day, November 11th, and we'll give you more information about that. The prayer uh, construction should be uh, finished sometime in November or early December, they tell us, but we're going to have a ceremony on Veterans Day, November 11th, so you want to mark your calendars for that and join us in Washington. Uh, my guest on the phone will be there with us. We'll be celebrating that prayer's edition, uh, but we're going to be talking about what's happening in this good old USA because those men and women who fought in World War II fought against tyranny and for justice for all, but folks were seeing an injustice and an, and an imbalance of the Justice Center uh, in Washington, D.C., and Bill's going to give us some examples through history of why we need to be seriously concerned of what we see playing out in our time. Uh, with me on the phone is our good friend Bill Fetter from the American Minute. Bill, welcome to the program. Hey, Chris. Great to be with you. Well, Bill, when you and I talked about this last week, and I've been talking to some of my good friends across the country and expressing the same concerns as we saw, again, the unprecedented raid by the FBI against a former president. And thankfully, there's not been any violence in response to that, because there's strong supporters of the president. Uh, but people are basically, they're watching and listening to what's happening, but they are gravely concerned of what they see happen of the misuse and abuse of power in Washington, D.C. But we have examples of this, not good examples in the past, of why we should be concerned in America. Your thoughts? Right. So we're seeing the playing out of something called psychological projection. And Sigmund Freud coined the term psychological projection, where you blame your opponent of what you're guilty of. Uh, David Axelrod was the campaign advisor to President Obama. And he said on NPR radio, April 19th, 2010, in Chicago, there was an old tradition of throwing a brick through your own campaign office window and then calling a press conference to say you've been attacked. In other words, you do the crime, you blame it on your innocent opponent. They have to go on the defensive. Their name gets associated with the crime in the press. The public make a mental connection. And if it ever gets pointed back at the guilty person, by that time, the water's muddied. Uh, The public doesn't know who to trust you get a pass. And so Hillary Clinton, uh, let's look at her. Here she is colluding with Russia, giving away a fifth of the U.S. uranium in exchange for a $145 million contribution to her Clinton Foundation. Uh, She had at her house a server where she was basically coordinating the Clinton Foundation meetings with the Secretary of State meetings, which is illegal. And so when she'd go to these countries on official Secretary of State business, she would meet with the leaders of these countries to do Jesse Jackson Rainbow Coalition shakedowns of these leaders saying, pay to play. If you want any part in my government when I get elected president, you have to cough up money and put it in my Clinton Foundation. And they would give millions and millions of dollars. Um, And so, uh, for example, uh, as Secretary of State, uh, she oversaw giving aid to Ukraine which is the poorest country in Europe. 
Guess what the number one country giving money to the Clinton Foundation was? Ukraine. It was a money laundering operation. Whenever you see large amounts of money going to help out in Afghanistan or in these countries, in these corrupt third world countries, all it's doing is going to the corrupt leaders in these countries. They get to live uh, very well. And then they funnel the money back to the very politicians in America that voted to send them the money. It's a money laundering scheme on a global level. Anyway, here's Hillary colluding with Russia in exchange for 145. She gave away a fifth of the U.S. uranium to Russia. In exchange, she got a $145 million contribution to her Clinton Foundation. When this was becoming obvious that she was not going to get elected, uh, she quickly paid for a steel dossier to ac- accuse her opponent of colluding with Russia. His name gets associated with it in the media. And then they weaponized the intelligence and the uh, government agencies to do investigations. Now, this is interesting because the investigations are simply Number one, to give bad press to your opponent. Number two, to subpoena all the evidence that can convict her and destroy it. So here's the FBI. Instead of them going after records that have been brought home to her house and raiding her home and seizing the server, what do they do? They destroy the evidence. They smash the servers, smash the hard drives, smash the cell phones, delete, erase, delete, erase. They cover for her. And which is an illegal act in itself, as those records have been subpoenaed. Uh, The FBI, it is alluded to, that it actually helped her to destroy the records. So here you have the collusion of government itself, uh, supposed elements of the government, uh, members in it. And we'll, we'll, you know, eventually maybe we'll get to who actually did these crimes uh, within these agencies. Uh, But that's what I think a lot of Americans listen to this bill and they just stand back and saying. I know it, but what do I do about it? And so uh, Joe Biden is a presidential candidate, and he is on C-SPAN saying that he told the leaders in Ukraine that unless they stop investigating his son, he'll hold back billions of dollars of USA. That's called extortion. So what do they do? They accuse his opponent of extorting Ukraine, and he has to go through one of these uh, impeachment trials again, right? It's this It's this standard operating procedure where you blame your opponent of what you're guilty of. They're doing voter fraud, they're going to accuse you of voter fraud. They're intolerant, they accuse you of being intolerant. They're hateful and bigoted, they accuse you of being hateful and bigoted. And so this strategy uh, has been used over and over again. I thought it was an interesting quote from Rand Paul when he was interrogating the uh, Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas on the new disinformation governance board that he set up. And Rand Paul says, do you know who the greatest propagator of disinformation in the history of the world is? The U.S. government. (laughs) And so this tactic uh, is very effective. Um, You know, one of the uh, things I bring out is its use through history. And um, there's an interesting quote from Senator Marco Rubio. And this was just what, two weeks ago. And this is after uh, Biden's FBI raided uh, former President Trump's home. And Marco Rubio said on Fox, this is shocking, but in Latin America and many of the countries around the world, here's what happens. A group takes power. One of the first things is they begin to persecute and go after their political opponents. When the supporters of their political opponents begin to complain, They begin to target and criminalize opposition. 
the next thing you're going to see, because it's the playbook, is going to be the people who are just conservatives are going to begin to get labeled as potential insurrectionists and harassed by law enforcement. So what he's talking about is the standard third world banana republic is you get rid of a leader and you kill him, you kill his family, you kill all the supporters. And, uh, you know, I uh, put together one of my American minutes on the history of, of Mexico. And uh, you had uh, Iturbide was the general that switched from supporting uh, Spain to supporting independence. But he wanted to set up a Mexican empire with him as the emperor. And so you had uh, uh, Santa Ana and Vicente Guerrero and others conspired against Iturbide, and he fled to Britain. He comes back. And he's captured and executed. And then the next leader is um, Guadalupe Victoria, elected in 1824. He is the only Mexican president for the next 30 years who completes his full term in office. Why? Because all the other ones are killed and executed. The next leader is Manuel Gomez Pedraza. He won Mexico's second election. But Guerrero and Santa Ana staged a coup and bombarded the palace. They were shooting cannons at the Capitol. And then Guerrero becomes the next president, but he's deposed and executed by the vice president, Bustamante. Bustamante is deposed twice in exile to Europe. And then you have um, uh, the Mexican presidency changes hands at least 36 times. And uh, Santa Ana assumes power 11 of those times. And he considers himself a Mexican Napoleon. And he dissolves Congress and he says, I threw my cap for liberty with great ardor, but very soon found the folly of it. A hundred years to come, my people will not be fit for liberty. They do not know what it is, unenlightened as they are. A despotism is the proper government for them. So here you have Santa Anne saying, forget this people rule. We're just going to have a despotism. He throws it out. But over and over again, you see the same thing. So Santa Anna ends up getting um, uh, thrown out uh, by. Um, Benito Juarez. And then uh, Benito Juarez ends up getting thrown out by Porfirio Diaz. And, and then one after the other, then you have Calles and Obregón and it's assassinations and revolutions um, over and over again. Same thing happens in the Muslim world. Uh, you get rid of a leader, you go after him and his family and his supporters and you kill them. The same thing happens in, in Russia. Gee, try running for uh, president in Russia. You're going to get poisoned. Um, same thing happens in China. It is the norm for world history. It's a gang style of government. And unfortunately, it even goes back to the Bible. And so you got three kings over united Israel, Saul, David, Solomon. And then it splits in two with kingdom of Israel in the north and Judah in the south. And then you read wherever they get a wicked king or queen, Jezebel, Athaliah, Ahab, what do they do? They kill the former king. They kill all the former king's family and all the former king's supporters. They root I'm them out. Bill, I'm reading through that right now, through First and Second Kings and Chronicles. I'm reading about ancient Israel right now with the northern and southern kingdoms, and it's exactly what you're saying. Yeah, uh, I've been the terrible in Russia. It's it's the norm. So in America, we've had this unique reprieve in world history where you could change leadership and not go after former leaders to uh, 
arrest them and raid them and prosecute them and kill them and their supporters. Uh, we had this sort of reprieve from, from this norm, and we've gotten used to it. But now, because we've forgotten our history and we've let gang-style people get in, involved, they're weaponizing the government, and it will be a miracle if they ever let go of this power. And so, um, but the, the tactic is to blame you for what they're guilty of. And it's a strategy that I talk about in my book called Socialism, The Real History from Plato to the Present. And there's quite a number of instances in history, if you like, I can go through some. Well, I want to also point out the American Minute. Uh, each day, Bill sends out uh, through his network something called the American Minute. And I'm reading one that you put out last week, Who is King in America? And of course, as you just depict uh, the tyrants that we've had throughout world history, America was unique because it was a representative form of government. In fact, George Washington refused the title of emperor or uh, you know anything other than just president and Mr. President. Uh, and then when he was done with his term, he retired. And King George said if he does that, he'll be the greatest man in the world, and which, of course, he did at the end of his elected term. Folks, our representative form of government is under threat. What we're talking about today with Bill Fetter of the American Minute is exactly what kind of examples of tyranny we have seen throughout world history, and especially what we've seen just to our southern border for over a, the last hundred years in Mexico and Central America. And the people that can see it most is, as you said, Marco Rubio, whose family came from Cuba. They see tyranny. They know what it is. They know it when they see it, Bill. And so thank God that Marco Rubio spoke up when he saw the rating of President Trump's residence by the FBI. And let's just say it, the Biden administration's Justice Department, it's really injustice. And in fact, the new Congress, hopefully the Republicans, the opposition of a party will take uh, Congress in November, and with that will come the hearings and investigations of what needs to take place. Uh, but again, you can get the American Minute uh, and with Bill Fetter, and we're going to actually make available as well the this one about who is king in America, and that is you and I. It's the individual citizen, and that's why we have to stand up. Yeah, Bill, take us through that right now with uh, your book on socialism. We appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, we have to remind ourselves it was this uh, FBI that sat on Hunter Biden's laptop for a year. I mean, here we literally have evidence that the the son of the president was doing corrupt wheeling and dealing and talking about the big guy getting his cut, which everybody pretty well assumes is Biden himself. And what does the what does Bob, uh, Bill Barr and the FBI do? Sit on it during the whole elections. It would have totally upended the election. But um, the the strategy. Uh, Potiphar's wife was the one who was wanting to sin lustfully. She accused Joseph of wanting to sin lustfully and accusing him of trying to rape her. And he gets thrown in, what, January 6th prison, right? You have um, uh, Pelosi talks about the wrap-up smear. You can go on C-SPAN and watch it. She says, yeah, you just make up lies and you smear your opponent. and It doesn't matter if they're true or not. Here's Harry Reid uh, lied about Mitt Romney not paying his taxes. And after the election, they said, well, you lied. He, he did pay his taxes. And Harry Reid said, yeah, I know, but it worked. You know, the um, Ahab was the one troubling Israel. Uh, Elijah shows up and Elijah says, uh, Ahab says to Elijah, you're the one troubling Israel. And Elijah says, no, you are. You're, um, the, uh, and even uh, 
the Apostle Paul was in Jerusalem, and he shaved his head, and he was fasting, and he was in the temple, and the uh, religious leaders stirred up a riot and threw Paul out. The Romans had to rescue him, and there at the trial. And Tertullus, the you know accusing uh, person, says, we found this Paul a pestilent fellow, a ringleader of all these insurrectionists. And, and, uh, and Paul says, no, they're, they're accusing me of what they're guilty of. And don't ask anyone. I haven't been in Jerusalem but two weeks. I was just quiet in the temple. So, so this strategy, they even accused Jesus of having a, de- a demon. Here, Jesus says, you're your father, the devil. He was a liar and the father of it, right? So they're the ones led by the devil, and they have the audacity to accuse Jesus himself as having a demon. This is the strategy. They accuse you of what they're guilty of. And so um, it's called blame shifting, where the attacker blames the victim. Sigmund Freud coined the term, where rude people denying themselves a negative quality yet attribute that quality to someone else. Little kids do it. I didn't start the fight. You did. A A wife beater will beat the tar out of his wife and say, well, it's your fault because you provoked me. Or a um, Sharia man will rape a woman and say, it's your fault because you tempted me. And so this idea, um, you know, historian Victor David Hansen is talking about the January 6th committee. And he's talking about how it appears to be totally illegitimate. He says, why did the committee not investigate whether large numbers of FBI agents and informants were ubiquitous among the crowd? Right. They've admitted at least 20 FBI people were in the January 6th crowd. Were they just twiddling their thumbs or was it what they did with the Whitmer kidnapping plot where they planned the plot and they got a bunch of guys who thought they were going out drinking beer uh, and they accused them of the plot. So this is a strategy we need to be aware of because it's being played out right in front of us today. And the only way to get around it is to call it out. So when they accuse you of something, you have to stop and say, no, 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 you're the guilty person and you're projecting your guilt on me. Jesse Smollett, remember him, right? He, he plotted an attack against himself, but he wanted to blame it on, you know, other innocent people until finally he came out, no, 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 you're the guilty person. You're, you're projecting your uh, attack on, on a bunch of innocent people. Um, so very important psychological projection, blame shifting uh, is the tactic that's being played out on the American public right now. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. And the soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy and the Allied liberation of Europe. On D-Day, all those warriors set out on their mission. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt led our nation in prayer. The D-Day Prayer Project is an effort to add FDR's D-Day Prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. This wonderful historical presidential prayer will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans. If you'd like to make a contribution towards the effort of adding this prayer to the memorial, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. My community means everything to me. That's why I joined the Army National Guard. I'm proud of where I'm from, and as a soldier, I get to give back to the people that helped me succeed. The training and leadership skills I get from the Army National Guard help me every day when I teach young people and look out for my community. If you'd like to learn how you too can serve part-time in the community you love, visit nationalguard.com. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard, aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. 
We're talking with Bill Fetter from the American Minute, and we're talking about what is happening in our country right now with gangster-style politics. Obviously, the FBI, unprecedented FBI raid on former President Trump's home has alarmed the nation. And you know, Bill, I'm, at first people were afraid to speak up, but I'm thanking God that people are speaking up and now calling for the dismantling of the FBI. In fact, there's really no way back. It's not just the upper echelon of the FBI. Uh, when you listen to Victor David Hansen, and we're going to make that video available, uh, by the way, in a recent interview, and he, he, he mentions uh, Strzok or and the, 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 uh, the different agents who conducted these illegal activities within the FBI, McCabe and Comey lied under oath. Any of us doing that would go uh, would face penalty of law. They they don't. Uh, this is just you can't have two forms of justice in this country, or we don't have a justice system. So it demands that the people, the American people, as you stated in your uh, Who is King in America? We are the representative forms of government. Uh, we're to actually rein in these people. And we do that through our representative form of government. And, folks, voting is so important. If you're not registered, register. If you need to update your registration, if you've moved in recent times, if you've just turned 18 or you've never registered to vote, you as a Christian, you need to register and vote. And you need to discern the issues. The Ohio Christian Alliance is going to provide a voter guide for you. We don't endorse candidates, but we certainly survey them and provide you with the information you need where they stand on the issues. And we're going to make that available this November. Uh, Bill, as we look at all this, uh, you are, of course, are, you know, you've been discussing this through your historical talking points uh, through the American Minute, giving people historical examples so they can see really the truth of what is going on, because people are under a malaise right now. Uh, tell us, uh, and we just have about two minutes left, uh, some closing thoughts. Uh, so all this information is in a book called Socialism, The Real History from Plato to the Present. Uh, it's a bestseller. It's on Amazon, but you can also get it from my website, AmericanMinute.com. Uh, Stalin was facing a growing anti-Stalinist movement. At the same time, he had a supporter, Sergei Kirov, the party boss of Leningrad, who was giving speeches praising Stalin. So Stalin had an idea. He would arrange for his supporter, Sergei Kirov, to be assassinated. It would eliminate a potential rival. And he would blame the assassination on the innocent anti-Stalinists. And so then he used this as an excuse to have hearings, sort of January 6th type hearings, to call in these anti-Stalinists and then to arrest them, detain them, and kill over a million of them in the first great purge of 1936-38. You know, Hitler uh, seizes power, and then he has a violent group called the Brown Shirts, or the Sturmabteilung, stormtroopers, and they smash windows and, lo and block buildings and like they did with for 66 cities. Um, they were smashing and burning, and then their capital got set on fire, an insurrection, and Hitler's own people said it, but Hitler blames they, they it did. on his that's, political that's opponents. That's right, and we have all these examples. Uh, the, the website is AmericanMinute.com with Bill Fetter. Bill, thanks for being my guest today. Thank you, Chris. You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. 
This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.